episode of the top five report the podcast that believes a deja vu is a glitch in the matrix but we're not entirely sure if we didn't just talk about this my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter here how's it going hey man. um it's going it's it's been a week i feel like it's stopped snowing for us um yeah, it's great. It's, it's just really slippery and slushy, but um, it's not as cold and it's not, not just downpouring snow on us nonstop. So <laughs> it's pretty well, nice. Where I'm at, I feel like it is apparently spring already. And yep. uh, it saddens me a little bit because I like the winter and that's cutting my ski season a little short. Um. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, this winter has been awesome, especially because I haven't had to commute to work at all. So I've been enjoying it. I could do with a couple more snowy weeks, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> well. I don't know. I just I kind of want I just want winter to go on a little longer. <laughs> yeah, because um, then people go outside and then I have to deal with people. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, anyway, uh, let's just jump right in because we got a lot to discuss tonight. So um, uh, what are we watching? What are we reading, man? Um, I honestly haven't watched a lot, um, which sucks, but it kind of doesn't. Um, I've been trying to focus a little bit more on doing creative stuff. Like I've been doing a little bit more art than normal and uh, actually been playing guitar and stuff a bit. So that's really fun. But I haven't watched much besides WandaVision. So <laughs> what uh, what exactly have you watched? Uh, well, aside from WandaVision, I watched one new thing. Which um, it might be the thing that I should have watched that I haven't gotten a chance to yet. <laughs> surprised you didn't. Um, yeah, that would be the pilot episode to Superman and Lois. How was it? Because I uh, lost track of time and I didn't realize it was coming out this week. And uh, it just premiered, I think it was two days ago. And then all of a sudden I, I was seeing people talk about it and I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I probably will uh, in the in the coming days. But uh, yeah, what did you think? So it's awesome. Um, that's great to hear. You want me to spoil it? Um, call. There's a couple things that I'm like, there's a, like, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling it because of some of the, like the, like a specific take they're going with. So it's up to you. If it's like major plot points, don't spoil it. But if it's just okay. like little details, I don't care. Like, you all right, we'll talk about it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little detail that had me like all kinds of giddy right away. Um, and it was just literally probably one of the smartest like Superman moments, I think out of every Superman moment, like if you take into account every Superman we've ever seen live action, animated, that kind of stuff, they did something at the beginning that they've never done. And it was awesome. Nice. Uh, and, and it, and I literally caught it like right as the sequence was ending and, it, and I ended up rewinding it. <laughs> the very first uh, moment that you see Superman, it's the cover of action comics. Number one. 
Oh, sweet. That's awesome. It's him catching a car and setting it down. And then when he sets it down and stands up, it's the classic Action Comics number one costume, too. Um, and it's this great moment where the little kid goes, hey, thanks, mister. And he, he's like, nice costume. And he goes, "You're thanks, man. My mom made it for me. And then he flies away. Like, <laughs> it was That's such- great. It was just a really cool thing because of uh, like they just did it and they've never done that with anything else. So it was the cover of Action Comics of him setting the car down. Um, so I've I've seen it a little bit in other things like there's um, I think it's in Spider-Man 2 when he throws his uh, costume away and it imitates. I don't know if it's a famous Spider-Man uh panel or if it's a cover yeah. or spider-man walking away from his suit in the trash can so i have seen similar things but i've never seen it with superman which is pretty surprising but that uh sounds pretty awesome <laughs> so i look forward to seeing that i've never seen it with superman either so it got me like i just it made me like giggle and i'm like oh my god it's gorgeous and it just it really got the feels because of the comic book history um and then um this uh superman is a very and I'm gonna. This is the only thing I could possibly say that's non-spoilery because I know you want to watch the episode, so everyone should yeah. check it out because it's it's. This is a really good way of handling Superman in a way that I don't. You don't often get Superman handled. Um, Superman is a very difficult character to write because essentially you have one rock that can take him down, right? And you've heard comic book creators talk about that a lot, where Superman's a difficult character to write because you need him to be identifiable. Um, one of the reasons people identify with Batman so much is because he's human and has no superpowers, and we have something to identify him with. And in a world of gods, Batman's like one of the only humans, right? Yeah. Uh, Superman, being so godlike, he's a hard character to identify with because of the humanity issue. This show paint Superman in a completely different light. And in my opinion, probably makes him the most human we've ever seen him. Um, and you'll understand when you watch the show as to why I say that, but it's really good. And I was really impressed. I was really impressed with it. Um, and, uh, I really like the casting and stuff. And there is, a this one moment, and I'm going to spoil one more moment because it, <laughs> that's okay because it's not plot point related yeah it's an issue where uh it's an issue it's a basically a fire issue and the fire department's there and um clark knows one of the firemen like personally okay. like friends outside of work kind of thing he knows one of the firemen um and when clark arrives to make sure everybody's okay he thanks that one fireman and it's that moment of the hero of all heroes thanking a hero um Mm -hmm. it was just this really cool exchange and it kind of it kind of got the feels to me you know what i mean like it kind of jerked a tear a little bit and i was like oh my god that was a beautiful sequence just because of the idea that superman just thanked a fireman for doing his job you know what i mean like like hero to hero yeah, and, and that sounds like a very Superman-esque moment. So that sounds really uh, beautiful, and that's like something I really want to see. Right, um, and I—that's I, I, not, it's not plot spoiler. It was just this little moment, and I'll let the rest of the show go for there. But, um, but yeah, go ahead, man. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like, I do think that even though Superman is super powerful, there is that element of like. 
you know, he comes from a small town and he was kind of an awkward teenager who didn't fit in. And there's all these elements that I think are kind of universal, universally relatable about him. And that I think when Superman stories focus on that, it's usually like not only the best, like sort of height, heartfelt and identifiable things, but it's just like really, really good uh, stuff to relate to. And the idea of the show kind of playing up to those aspects is really cool as well. So I, uh, yeah, I'm going to need to catch up on this and uh, I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say about it next week <laughs> to be uh, honest. Yeah. And I have one, I have one quibble. Okay. But, but um, I have to wait till you see the episode to talk about it um, because it pertains to the rest of the CW Arrowverse universe thing. Um, because we've seen certain things in the other shows and I didn't think it carried properly to this one, but it was a bad angle. So maybe I just saw it wrong. So, okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> but it's definitely worth discussing after you see the episode. So, okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, I watched WandaVision. Um, it's awesome. Um, I've been waiting uh, I thought I, I kind of like treat this one like the modern family episode because of the breaking the fourth wall and that kind of thing. Um, I've been waiting since the beginning of the show for end credit sequences. I've been watching these credits every single week waiting for something at the end of the show. Yeah, seriously. I was, I was surprised we finally got one. And I finally got it. And those are long. Those are like eight minute credits, man. Like. <laughs> Those are long credits, and I always like there's eight minutes left. There's got to be something. Nope, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, we got this announcement about Agatha, so we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't have much to say about this episode other than Wanda might not be in the control that we thought she was. So, um, this was a really fun episode, I liked it a lot, but um, I'm curious to see where this all runs through. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious too. I kind of did like the idea of uh. Wanda being like ultimately kind of the villain of this sort of pocket universe she created. So yeah. I'm I'm curious how this will play out, but I'm hoping it's not going to take a turn that I'm not going to enjoy. Uh, with that being said, I don't know too much about Agatha Harkness, so I look forward to learning more and seeing how that plays out. And uh, just overall, I, I did love the uh, modern family vibes of the uh, show. Um, the, <laughs> the theme song was almost like they it was almost exactly the same as the office theme song it's just they like it was the exact same like rhythm and like the same notes they just like changed the notes and it was really funny to me that like it was that close to the office but um yeah overall it was a good episode i don't have too much uh sort of uh insight you know to point out or anything about this one but uh yeah it's still just going along pretty solidly so we'll see where it takes us yeah um so we'll see because we're getting i guess from here on out every episode's going to be close to an hour in length um so the final few episodes are all going to be like longer than we've been seeing um, that is awesome so let's see what happens mm -hmm. uh, all right man we have a ton to discuss you want to talk about the news tonight sure <laughs> okay um, I'm not going to give you a breakdown of what you want to talk about, what you not want to talk about. Okay, that's part of a bigger story. Like, there's some, there's some of these that kind of roll into each other. So, um, let's, um, yeah, let's see here. Okay, so, first off, let me, I'm going to bounce around this a little bit. I'm going to try and be topical, but I'll bounce around. We'll get the Marvel stuff out of the way first. Okay, so, we've heard reports about, um, Daredevil being in, um, Spider-Man. Um, yeah. 
We've heard reports about possibly Jessica Jones being in one of the Marvel shows. I don't remember which one, unfortunately. But uh, according to reports, Marvel has regained the rights to Punisher and Jessica Jones from the expired Netflix series. Um, so that means that those characters are now back under the Marvel banner the way they should be um, in terms of the copyrights and uh, licensing and stuff. Um, so if we're seeing Jessica Jones in the show, she's supposed to pop in. I believe it's She-Hulk, but if we're supposed to see yeah, her. Yeah, I think there, it was She-Hulk as well. If we see her there, that means we could be seeing the Punisher again. So awesome. Um, okay, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Okay. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is rumored to be cast as Sue Storm in the next Fantastic Four film. Um I thought this was a glitch in the matrix for a second, honestly, because I know there is that mystique rumor from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> that's where I wanted. That's where I wanted to partially debunk this a little bit. Uh, we don't know anything, um, but the fact that they talked about Jennifer Lawrence possibly reprising her role as mystique in the Doctor Strange film and then to have her be cast as Sue Storm seems to me to be a little um Jennifer Lawrence heavy, I guess you could say, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where they've and all the fan casting. People have been saying, no, 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 it should be Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. But they also want John Krasinski to play uh, Mr. Fantastic. So um, <laughs> that and since they're married, it kind of is like, yeah, why not? They've worked, you know, but I don't have a problem with Jennifer Lawrence being Sue Storm. I just don't know if it works because of the mystique rumor. And right now I have a rumor that she's being cast as this and a rumor that she's coming back as mystique. So, so um, the only thing that I'm thinking of is if she appears in Dr. Strange and she is mystique. And the only time she looks like Jennifer Lawrence is when she's in the blue makeup. And then every other time you see that character, she's shaped shifted into another person. Um, maybe if that was the case, then her showing up as Sue storm wouldn't be super jarring because, you know, she's not all blue with, you know, short red hair or whatever it is, you know, maybe it won't, it would, maybe that could work, but I do agree that like, I don't think they would cast her in two separate roles like that, but at the same time, we're in a multiverse and anything goes really. So yeah, I, I'm not really sure at this point. Yeah, um, well, it's called the Multiverse of Madness. That's what the Doctor Strange title is. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's we'll see what happens with that. Um, did you see the uh, Spider-Man three title reveals this week on the Internet? <laughs> no, I didn't. actually. Okay. So Tom <laughs> Holland, Zendaya and the rest of the cast, um, have been posting Spider-Man titles online yeah. all week long and they've been all incorrect titles. So it's been like, <laughs> so it's been Spider-Man home wrecker, Spider-Man phone home, Spider-Man not going to get home, Spider-Man. <laughs> they've, all been, like, they've all been weird stuff. Uh, one of them was Spider-Man home slice. Um, <laughs> some really funny titles. Um, I do like home wrecker. That's a, that'd be a cool title, but keep going. They did that. And they did that to kind of like troll the internet a little bit to say, Hey, the title's coming. Um, officially when it was all over, um, the official title for Spider-Man three came out and it is titled no way home. Okay. So it's Spider-Man no way home. So cool. Whatever that means, because it was homecoming far from home and no way home. So sounds good to me. Um, I just, maybe he'll be, uh, 
trapped in a multiverse <laughs> trying to get home and there will be plenty of madness, I guess. Uh, what were you saying, though? Hmm, that sounds like it. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Um, that sounds like it's related to a TV show and a movie we got coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, next piece of Marvel news. Um, Loki uh, TV series will be releasing June 11th on Disney+. Plus. Yes, I did hear about this. And uh, yeah, this is it's awesome. Um, I feel like, uh, okay, so right now we had The Mandalorian and that was kind of our weekly show that everybody was watching. Um, You know, that was your water cooler talk show if you have access to a water cooler (laughs) and peers. But uh, and and then now it's like WandaVision. But we're coming into a time where. We're going to have a lot of shows coming out at once and it's going to be very exciting, but it's also going to be very time consuming. But uh, no, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, was there more you wanted to say about Loki? No, I just I didn't they announced, derail you. No, I really just they announced the date and um, and uh, I wanted to get uh, I wanted to basically point out that they released the date. Here we go. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Um, so, and that's not the only thing they released a date for, so I will get to that one in a second, but to finish off Marvel news, let me just make sure I've covered all of it because there was so much DC that popped this week. Um, yes. Other piece of Marvel news, Deadpool will be the MCU's only R rated exception dot, dot, dot so far. Um, so according to dead, according to Kevin Feige, um, Deadpool three will be the only exception to Marvel's PG 13 rule. Um, the reason they say so far is because they're not hundred percent sure what they're doing with blade, um, blade being the other exception. Um, so I, I saw the other day that blade wasn't going to be rated R, but it was a tweet <laughs> from somebody random. So that could be inter- inaccurate, but, uh, yeah, it sounds like they don't know yet, but, um, well, I mean, I want Blade to be rated R, but I mean, I'm not going to boycott it if it's not. So what were you saying, though? Well, I was going to say, I, I think you could do a PG-13 Blade. I really do. Um, when you like, yes, it's vampires, so there's got to be some blood and guts. But you could pr- probably cut back on the guts and go straight to the blood. And when you look at like if you just take the Wesley Snipes uh, Blade that we've already gotten and you see how. Like when he kills a vampire with silver, they kind of burst into like uh, they kind of burst into like ash. So there's no blood and guts there. You know what I mean? So I really think they could do a PG-13 blade. Um, it'd be tough, but I think they could. Um, I'm not. Opposed yeah, to it. I think they could, too. But I think deep down, we really want it to be rated R. <laughs> And I usually don't say this about like, I usually don't care, like, give me a good movie. But at the same time, I do want Blade to be a violent movie filled with blood and guts. But we'll see how it goes. I'm not trying to be too much of a naysayer. Like I said, I'm going to be there watching it anyways. But uh, but yeah, go on. Yeah. All right. Well, that was kind of it. I just they Deadpool three will be rated R. Great. We knew that, but it was confirmed by Kevin Feige. And right now it's the only one that's going to get the R rated treatment, which I'm okay with. So um, because. That's the thing. If you want to make Deadpool PG-13 when you do a crossover, that's fine. But Deadpool on his own, it's got to be rated R because that's how it works. And you don't fix what's not broken Mm -hmm. um, or don't try to. 
if, uh, the, if they do it right, this new Deadpool movie, they have so many opportunities because now that it's under the Disney umbrella, if you will, like they have access to so many different characters, like the, the entire Marvel multiverse could be could show up or be referenced in this movie. And if they do it right, this movie is going to be great. <laughs> so uh, keep going. Um, OK, uh, two bum me out stories um, and then. All right. So how about this? Uh, quick Star Wars, then we'll do a bum me out and then we'll discuss the main. Um, oops, I am totally messing up my feet, my phone here. <laughs> All right. No. Real quick. Uh, Star Wars news. Uh, the Bad Batch, the next um, uh, Star Wars iteration, it's going to be on Disney Plus. It is a animated series based off of the Clone Wars animation. Um, it is um, going to be premiering on Disney Plus May the 4th. So Star Wars Day. Um, sorry, I should have seen that one coming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, OK, there you go. I fixed my phone. I basically like smudged the like my stuff and I'm like, wait, that's not what I want. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Um, all right. So here we're going to roll from one bum me out story into another one that leads into D.C. So uh, first bum me out story. And this only bums me out because. Uh, all right. So I'm a huge Halo fan. OK, um, it's kind of the game that makes me pull triggers. So the next Xbox I buy will probably be because of the next Halo game kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how. Yeah, um, it's kind of like I upgrade my television technology when Star Wars gets an upgrade and they're like, hey, here's the 4K version. Sweet. Now I got to get a 4K TV, that kind of stuff. Um, so Halo being my big video game that I love um, is finally getting the television adaptation that's been promised for a long time. Um, they fit, uh, prior to COVID shutting the world down, um, they had 55 to 60% of its first season shot before the pandemic. So they all went on hiatus, but it was being developed with Steven Spielberg and Showtime, the network. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. Showtime's going to get it, which will give them the rated R opportunity. It'll give them the ability to do the violence and language like they probably should. I mean, Halo is a mature video game, but when you look at it, it's not as the violence isn't realistic because you're shooting aliens and it's not yeah. the same as if you're shooting humans. But the violence is still there. But the language could be they could make this a really solid like thing. This is where it bumps me up. Um, Halo is finally getting its long promised TV adaptation. Um, it is set to debut. It was set to debut on Showtime in 2021, but Viacom CBS announced today that the show is moving to the newly renamed Paramount Plus streaming service, formerly CBS All Access, and will be available early 2022. Oh, so you're bummed out because you'll have to get the subscription? I'm bummed out for a couple reasons. One, okay. CBS is being is re, CBS, the old people network. Yes, CBS. <laughs> I know you're listening. You're an old person network. And the only reason I was considering getting you is to watch the Star Trek show. But it's not enough to keep me going because you don't have anything else now, um, because I'm not going to sit and watch endless hours of Law and Order like CBS. It's it's weird. It's like CBS has like Hawaii Five-0 and that's like it. Um mm -hmm. So CBS is now being renamed to Paramount Plus, And if they're smart. Paramount has their own uh, library, so they have the Mission Impossibles. Weirdly, they have the Indiana Jones franchise. That You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. Paramount does have its stuff, but now they're going to get Halo. 
Um, so I, it just kind of bums me out a little bit because I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but that's the only thing I want to go over there for, which is rough. So, um, yeah. But it's a couple years out, so we'll see what happens. Um, I might have a different opinion then because they might have more things for me to jump on. That's true. I, I agree. That is uh, that is sad to hear. And uh, I don't know. It gets crazy with how many streaming <laughs> services you need. Um, and we're all going to want to be watching this Halo show. Like, I'm not even the biggest gamer um, or like, I mean, I played a ton of Halo back in the day, but I haven't for a while. But I'm even excited about this one. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we'll see how it goes. But hopefully it's easy and accessible enough to watch because it's really exciting that the show is coming out. <laughs> so um, It is. And I'm glad that it's actually finally happening. So um, I, you know what, I'll probably end up biting the bullet. What bums me out the most is not that it's CBS. It's that I am basically at a point where I watch, I, there's so much with the streaming services and the movie companies now going, Oh, Hey, like Warner brothers, we're going to put everything on HBO max because why not? Um, yeah. It's, I am almost not watching television at all. Like I'm basically like I bounce from Disney plus to HBO max to Netflix. I watch the certain things I watch and then I go about my day. It's like, I'm not even watching regular television. So I'm, I'm on the brink of like full cord cutting. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's, it's weird. And there's so much content now that the Oscars and golden globes are about to hit. And I don't think I've consumed nearly what I normally would have. So I am like kind of, I feel like I'm in the dark. I'm probably gonna watch the award shows like I always do, but I'm feel like I'm completely in the dark. So, um, we shall see. Yeah. Um, (laughs) okay. So let's roll into actual big stuff. Um, I got a couple DC things and then we have one big story that we need to talk about because it's awesome and it's something everyone wants to talk about. So, uh, the the bad news, Amber Heard has been reportedly fired from Aquaman two and will not be playing Mira. So I feel like I heard a rumor about this, um, a couple of weeks ago or something, but yeah. maybe this is, it's finally confirmed. It's, I don't know if it's confirmed. I've been trying to find actually confirmation about it because yeah, there's has not made a statement yet. Um, and when this stuff happens, if it doesn't come from the horse's mouth, I don't take it as true because we all know how the internet has like falsely said things in the past. So, um, and we also know how the internet sometimes hit it right at the head of the nail and like, Oh yeah, check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the divorce stuff that happened with her and Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp being fired from Harry Potter and then uh, the petition going, well, if you're firing Johnny Depp, you got to fire Amber Heard. OK, I don't it doesn't have to be an eye for an eye. Seriously, <laughs> um, what bums me out is I really liked Amber Heard's take and I'm really glad we got to see her as Mira and I really liked what she was doing. Um, the flip side of this is that they want it looks like Amelia Clark is set to take over for Amber Heard. Um, and the only thing that I see as a good sign about that is one, I like Amelia Clark, so that's fine if that happens. Yeah. But she sure. and Jason Momoa have that chemistry from their Game of Thrones history. So that might lend to those characters. You know what I mean? I have no clue. I just um I just really liked Amber Heard's take. So Yeah. I mean the whole Amber Heard Johnny Depp situation is a total mess and uh I mean, I, fe- I mean, I haven't followed the whole thing super closely, but I still feel like I don't even know the ins and outs of that situation. But either way, I kind of feel like 
<laughs> studios maybe ju- studios maybe jumped on firing people before even having all the facts and it's it's kind of just become a huge mess and i don't know what's going to go on with either actor but uh what were you going to say well I, the ins and outs of that um story is that apparently there was an abusive uh marriage yeah but it it is still and I've and I've tried to dig into the story a little bit and I understand people need to keep their lives private but it is still somewhat of unclear as to who was the abusive person if it was Johnny Depp or Amber Heard exactly <laughs> so, so that's where I'm just like I don't really know no but let's yeah, exactly. talk about fun <laughs> yeah um, for sure okay so uh, next piece of DC news there is a Blue Beetle movie in development at DC. Um, I feel like we've known this. Um, yeah. or there was possible rumor, but Angel Angel Manuel is uh, Angel Manuel Soto is set to direct the film. So we got a Blue Beetle movie coming for the DC universe. Um, it's not the Ted Cord version that I prefer, but I'm down for a Blue Beetle it's movie. The, it's the Jaime Reyes version that I prefer, so I'm excited. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited for it. It's yeah, just, I liked the Ted Cord Blue Beetle better, but I also. Um, it's just an issue of, uh, generationally growing up with certain comic books over the other. So yeah, absolutely. He kind of, he kind of became a, a legacy name, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I, I do feel like, well, I mean that version of blue beetle that I like, I do feel like he's a really cool character that not a lot of people know a lot about, so they could do some really cool stuff. And, um, I mean, blue beetle, the whole like backstory and everything has a lot to do with like alien and invasions and stuff and that could build for like a really spectacular looking movie so uh yeah it should be cool we'll see where this goes but uh what were you saying um well the next thing i was going to bring up was we have a supergirl yes i saw this uh, for the dceu well this is weird so we have a supergirl movie coming okay we have uh clearly henry cavill's still planning on playing Superman and the whatever happens with they do with Superman. But uh, Supergirl is getting her own movie. But the first appearance that we're going to get to see the new Supergirl is in the Flash movie. Um, wow, that's that's cool. <laughs> so they're throwing everyone into this Flash movie, apparently. So that means we get two Batmans, possibly three if you've been paying attention. Uh, the Flash and now Supergirl all in the Flash movie. Um and our Supergirl is uh, – oops, I just closed the window. Um, our Supergirl is Sasha Calais, if I said her last name right. Um, so she's a Latina actress. Um, she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I don't know if they'll stick with – she's got black hair. I don't know if they'll stick with that or they'll do like the blonde. Um, and I know there's some magic they could do with wigs and stuff like that. But I think yeah. it would be cool to see a dark-haired Supergirl. And I only say that because when you – she's Superman's cousin. You know what I mean? Just the dark hair thing like it. I why not? You know what I mean? It'd just be it'd just be a trip and it'd be a new take. Um, Supergirl is a legacy character, if you will. Uh, If you read Supergirl comics, there's a bunch of different iterations of the character. That's not always Cara Danvers from the show. We know like Cara Danvers is probably the most popular of them, but there are other takes of Supergirl. So I'm really curious to see how this works. Um, to see how it goes. I'm a big Supergirl fan myself, so I'm kind of excited to see this play out. Um, it's on her Twitter. Was it on her Twitter or the director's Andy Machete, who uh, is directing The Flash? One of the two of them, I think it was Andy Machete, he posted a video of his Zoom call with her where he 
told her that she was Supergirl. And it's such this like really cool, like touching moment. Like he kind of like she didn't she just thought she was getting a phone call, like update kind of thing. So it started as a like small talk conversation. And then yeah. he dropped the bomb on her that, hey, you're you're my Supergirl. Like it was it was just this really great <laughs> touching moment. So um, if you decide to go look at it, I believe it was Andy Machete who uh, dropped that. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, this is. um I, I this is a story that I don't know too much to think about it because I just don't know. Like, I haven't seen her as an actress in anything. But um, no, I mean, I think uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see more Supergirl and see where this goes. I just I wish I had seen her in a movie or a TV show or something just to have that point of reference. You know what I mean? I don't know if you know if there's anything she's like known for at this point. Um, I would have to look her up. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, I can say entertain the people while I look her up real quick. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Well, that's how I the always, other thing I was thinking is uh, make you jump through hoops a little bit while I go looking for. No, no. The, the other thing I was thinking of is in the uh, Batman, uh, Batman, Superman comic book story arc. Um, I think it's Batman, Superman Vengeance, which was written by Jeff Loeb and drawn by Ed McGinnis. I've talked about it a couple of times on the show because it's just a very yep. big uh, sort of superhero. Um, oh, it's almost like they, she's oh. going to be in the flash, but she the only other thing she was in is the young and the restless. Oh, OK. Fair enough. <laughs> and that's not something that I ever would have watched. <laughs> so, uh, right. no, the, what I was going to say is, uh, yeah, that Batman Superman vengeance story arc is like there's so much superhero fan service that it's almost like it's almost a guilty pleasure for me. But I just love how much uh, just superhero Easter egg and loves and uh, fan service they put into that uh, story arc. But I was going to say they did go to an alternate universe where there was a female version of Batman and Superman. And so you did see a, uh, a woman with dark hair in the Superman suit and that story arc. And that's kind of what her look kind of reminded me of a little bit. And that's kind of like my frame of reference. Um, I don't know if there's a, I'm sure there's a version of Supergirl with dark hair too, that I'm just not thinking of right now, but um, yeah, really cool stuff. And I'm excited to see where this goes. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I just I'm really anxious to see the take. Um, And that's that's more than that's that's basically it. I just I want to see the take and how it's all going to go. But I'm I'm happy we got a Supergirl and um, I, you know, let's see how it looks. Let's see how it pans out. My uh, my real opinion will come when we finally get to see like a still shot of her in the costume or like some actual like, you know, a trailer, for example. And you're just you know, it's it's one of those things where you get upset about a casting and you're like, no, that guy doesn't work. And then you see the trailer and like, okay, maybe that guy works, you know, like, (laughs) um, yeah. So, all right. You wanted to talk about the fun one and it's big too. Yeah. Let's, let's go for it. Ready ready to talk about the Snyder cut. (laughs) Um, We've been talking about the Snyder cut at nauseum. We were a proponent to like, we weren't a part of the big fan movement in terms of how the internet handled it. And like the people who actually like, um, paid for billboards in Times Square, that kind of stuff. But we were at least between the two of us. I was probably the most vocal between the two of us. But I've been like lobbying for this just like everybody else. Like, give us the Snyder Cut. Well, big, big Snyder Cut news this week. Um, and I just was like, we have to talk about this because it just makes me so happy for Zach. Like, this is the weirdest. This is the weirdest stuff to happen. Um, so I had to talk about it. So first off, before I talk about the fun stuff. Um, there was this thing where it looked like overseas, they were not going to be getting the Snyder cut. 
Like Ooh, yikes. If you were only going to be getting it on March 18th if you lived in America. By the way, at the time of this recording, we are 21 days out. Um, so <laughs> so um, not that I'm counting down or anything. Um, but Snyder Cut is actually going to be getting a global release date on March 18th. So it doesn't matter where you are. You will be able to see the Snyder Cut. Um, so that's officially um, Zack Snyder confirmed that. Um, so everyone's going to get their hands on this as it releases. Um the reason we're talking about the Snyder Cut tonight is uh, Vanity Fair interviewed Zack Snyder to tell the true story behind the Snyder Cut. Um, there is a massive, massive article. It's very lengthy. Um, I read the whole thing, and it's amazing. The article made me tear up a little bit. It was a fantastic article. Peter, I'll send it to you. I didn't want to send it to you and have you prepped. I figured it'd be better to have, like— I figured it'd be better if you didn't read the article so we could talk and have a conversation about it. And then I would send you the article if you want to read it. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought about sending it to you. I'm like, no, 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 no. This might be better conversation if he doesn't read it. Um, okay. So the, we've talked a lot about what happened with um, Zach's daughter committing suicide and him having to leave the film and then having Josh Whedon come in and stuff like that. The article breaks down um, how, they break down the Man of Steel box office numbers. They break down the Superman box office, the Batman versus Superman box office numbers. They break down how Justice League underperformed. And not only did it underperformed, it got shot twice because Josh Whedon ordered so many reshoots. They talked about how because of the underperforming of the other movies, Zach was kind of being babysat on the set. Like they had studio execs specifically like sitting in, making sure that things were running properly, like weird stuff that was going on behind the scenes. And Zach was like, it doesn't matter to me because I'm just making a movie. I'm just doing my thing. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm not doing anything different. It doesn't matter if they're sitting there. Um, but he knew he was being watched. Um, it got to a point where when his daughter, um, when his daughter passed away, he um, he couldn't. Uh, they talk, He talks in the article about how he was like, I just couldn't do it anymore with the way the studio was hounding me with the way stuff was going on at home. I had to be home with my family. I had to get away from it. I had to step away from it. So they talk in the article about how when Zach left, he took his laptop with him, which had his four hour cut of the film. Yeah. Zach, and then this is what's really interesting. Um, let me see here. Uh, Zach. So Zach basically leaves the film. Joss Whedon takes over. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Joss Whedon orders um, reshoots, reshoots about 90 percent of the film um, and then gets a writing credit on Justice League and the movie releases. He takes a four hour cut of the movie and trims it down to two hours and then reshoots about 90 percent of those two hours. Christopher Nolan from the Dark Knight trilogy, who is an executive producer on Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and the Snyder Cut, along with Zack's wife, Deborah Snyder, Christopher Nolan and Deborah Snyder went and saw the Joss Whedon Cut when it released in theaters. Christopher Nolan left the Whedon Cut of the film and told Zack, you can never see that movie. Right. So to this date, Zack Snyder has never seen the Whedon Cut of Justice League. I mean, I've I've seen him say stuff like that on social media, like, uh, oh, 
so somebody mentioned uh like in a tweet or it might have been on another social media app they mentioned the russian family from the justice league movie (laughs) and zach said what russian family because he had no idea who that was that was something completely added in by joss whedon right and then somebody else was like oh that's awesome zach hasn't even watched this version of the movie so i've definitely heard that confirmed before but uh yeah go on right um so so that being said he's never seen it um so zach is making his movie the way zach wants to make his movie um the snyder cut so when they when he basically zach then takes the snyder cut to warner brothers to show them the cut of the film and they're just like blown away and they're like this is a completely different movie in the article from vanity fair zach talks about how the studio wanted to give us the raw cut of the film and zach said and and zach said absolutely not because if you give them the raw cut of the film and people say i don't like this it's because they don't get to see the finished cg they don't get to see the finished product the way it was envisioned and you guys basically get to sit there and say we were right the whole time and then it makes the studio look better. So Zach refused to do that. Yeah. So that being said, Zach said, if you're going to let me do this, we're going to do it my way and you have to let me finish the CG and I have to bring in a couple reshoots just to get some pickup shots. And from what I understand, it's mostly just pickup shots that he had to reshoot uh, from what I got from this article. So to put all this together – the studio had to pay out seventy million dollars, so they've are, so they're basically paying they're paying more money for this movie. It is not unheard of to have a director removed from a film. It is completely unheard of. This is a never ever happen happenstance instance to have a director reinstated, get to redo the movie the way he wants with no oversight. And the reason Zack Snyder has no oversight is Zack Snyder is not being paid for this cut of the film. Okay. So Zack Snyder got paid for justice league. Yeah. When it originally released, he is not being paid for this right now. And the reason he's not being paid for it is because if they didn't pay him, he remains a hundred percent creative control and can do whatever he wants. Yeah. I mean, that's really smart on him. And I think it's very smart that he didn't want to release his film, um, unfinished because, I don't know. I know the guy is very particular about how um, his movies look and how uh, he's not the kind of guy who's going to put something out that he's not happy with. I know that just from following him closely enough online and stuff. But uh, yeah, what were you saying, though? Well, I just think it's it's so first off, there's the creative argument where Zack Snyder is the creative genius going, if I don't get paid for this, I remain creative control and I can do whatever I want. And the studio basically has to back me on this. The studio is using the Internet's response to release the Snyder Cut as their marketing. They're not shelling out a dollar for marketing. Studios winning. They're, they're paying out $70 million and they're going to win so big. I'm going to put it this way. If you don't like the Snyder Cut, to each his own. OK, you don't have to like the movie. You don't have to love the movie. You don't have to hate the movie. You can be mediocre about it. All I'm saying is this movie will be the biggest movie of the year solely on the fact that it is almost mythical at this point, And everyone is going to see this movie because they have to know. Do you know what I mean? Um, Zach went from this position where he got fired from a movie And the studio brought in Joss Whedon, who at the time was being treated as like a god because um, 
of what he did with his work with Avengers and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Firefly and Joss Whedon history. There are people out there that held Joss Whedon on a, pe- on a pedestal. They bring in Joss Whedon and he, quote unquote, turns in the Justice League movie we got. And Zack Snyder is basically shoved under the bus with this horrible family tragedy. Like, And people are like, I hate Zack Snyder, blah, blah, blah. And he's dealing with this tragedy. And here we go. Zack Snyder comes back in this crazy Cinderella story, giving us this what potentially could be one of the greatest superhero movies ever. And um, any dime that the uh, and any money that the. Justice League Snyder Cut is supposed to make is supposed to go towards this anti-suicide foundation that Zack Snyder set up for his daughter. Um, and then you and then the flip coin, you have Joss Whedon, who was this like pedestal uh, on a pedestal kind of a god like director. And now he's being slandered for all these toxic work environments of being an asshole on set and the Ray Fisher abuse. And now you have actors from like uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is coming out. Uh, Charisma Carpenter is coming out. The cast of Firefly, they're all coming out saying that, yeah, Joss Whedon is a complete dick on the on the sets um, and corroborating and um, kind of backing up Ray Fisher a little bit. It's this really yeah. weird, like fluctuation with these two directors. But I just I'm so happy for Zach for getting to tell the story he wanted to tell finally and show us his vision. Again, whether I like it or hate it, it's irrelevant. I'm getting to see it the way Zack Snyder wanted it. Um, that being said, um, the movie, um, did you, you've seen the trailer for the Snyder Cut, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. That movie, if you watched the trailer, did you notice how it was like a very boxy look? Like no, I, I did see people talking about this a lot, but I haven't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't necessarily notice that. There's, but uh, notice there's, there's black bars on the sides of the screen, almost as if you're watching an old school television. Yeah. OK, so anyone who whines and moans about that needs to pay real close attention because the movie. So when we finally see the Snyder Cut, it's going to have the black bars on that on the sides of the screen like that. Because it's being presented in 14.3 format, I think, which is IMAX format. (laughs) So the entire movie is IMAX format. So when we watch it, that's what it's going to be, because Zach is hoping that it will get an IMAX release. Yeah. So the entire movie is shot that way. um, I have mentioned before that I'm kind of trying to leave this like I'm watching the trailers and I'm keeping up on the news, but I am trying to not obsess over that stuff too much. Cause I want the movie to have a little bit of ambiguity, ambiguity as I, uh, you know, as I watch it for the first time, I want to be surprised by stuff because I've been waiting, uh, so long for this to come out. And, um, so I, the thing is I watched the trailer and I didn't notice the black bars, but I was so delighted and into what I was seeing on the screen. But, like I said, I've only watched the trailer once. I'm trying not to spoil it too much for myself. So maybe that's why I didn't notice the black bars. But maybe people are going into this trailer and they're also trying to just find something to hate on, which I think right. is very likely for a lot of people. And so I um, personally, I didn't notice it. And if I did, I probably wouldn't complain too much. You know, it's it's kind of a weird thing to make a big deal about when you don't know all the details or the whole story, but uh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, it's all right. The reason I wanted to point it out was because it's Zack Snyder, the artist getting to give us his vision in the format that he intended. Mm -hmm. So again, whether you like it or not, 
you're getting to see the artist's vision the way he wanted it intended. When I saw the black bars, I thought, oh, Zach's hiding stuff on the edge of the screen that he doesn't want to see yet. <laughs> that was my first thought. Yeah. First thought. But then when I found out about the IMAX format, I'm like, hold on a second. The whole movie is going to be like this because that's the format you wanted to show it to me in. I can't wait to see this because whether I see it on IMAX format or I watch it on the big screen TV in my living room, um, like I don't have anything fancy. It's like 65 inches. It's still big enough for me to get the point, but it's IMAX format. And Mm -hmm. that's the point. It was the intended format that the artist wanted. It's kind of like I went and saw Hateful Eight um, on a specific format because that's the format Tarantino said he told everyone he intended to do it. So I made sure I went to a theater that could show it to me in that format. You know what I mean? Like, I will go out of my way to see a movie a way the director wants it shown because that's the point. Um, you're an artist. Art films an art form. Here we go. Um, and people are going to whine and moan about certain things. But I just thought that was amazing. So the only thing that could potentially be a spoiler in this whole story is Zach said at the end of the movie, there is a hero cameo that will blow hardcore fans minds. Um, Crazy. Okay. And that's all it says. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to try and stay away from the internet and hope that no one finds out ahead of time. Um, But you got to understand, like, but this is that thing where Zach is um, putting this movie out in the intent. And not only that, but Warner Brothers is going to use this as a complete other piece of marketing because Zach has Army of the Dead coming out. Mm -hmm. Like right after Justice League. Army of the Dead comes out on Netflix. Yeah, that's huge. So Zach's name is going to be everywhere. And since that's a great segue into the fact that the Army of the Dead teaser trailer (laughs) dropped and it's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it looks really cool. There's a ton of zombies. Um, My main takeaway was this trailer was a lot more colorful than I expected. Like, I mean, the this, the movie takes place in Vegas. I, I believe it's a heist film during the zombie apocalypse yeah. in Vegas. And uh, it has those neon Vegas colors. And I was honestly expecting the color palette to look more similar to that uh, World War Two zombie sequence in uh, Sucker Punch. I thought it was going to be like that with a lot of like, you know, really dark grays and stuff. But no, this looks like a colorful movie, which I mean, that's one of the people who don't like Zack Snyder say he doesn't use enough colors. So maybe if they don't like that about him, they'll be on board for this one. Uh, Did you come away with any thoughts from this trailer, Drew? Um, Well, so you said the heist film in Vegas. Uh, So essentially, I did read a synopsis. It's ultimately these group of people decide there's a very large sum of money just sitting there in Vegas that um, isn't being touched. And they try to go and get it before the town is before the city of Vegas is nuked. Yeah, apparently this because apparently the uh, city of Vegas is a hotspot for a zombie population and they're like well there's enough of them congregating there we can take out a lot if we just nuke the city and these people find out about it but they're also like but wait there's this giant stash of money we could go get it so yeah ice film and that just and that's awesome and when you throw in when you throw in that story plus zombies plus you know it's just the trailer looks awesome I can't I honestly can't wait. This is going to be such a cool movie. So um, our uh, Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake was so much fun. I can't wait for this. So 
Yeah, but I'm also excited about it because Dawn of the Dead was early enough in his career that I do feel like his directing style and his visuals have uh, maybe not completely changed, but have uh, kind of evolved since then. Um, And Zack Snyder just has a really cool way of making a lot of stuff just look so awesome. Um, And so I'm really looking forward to him doing zombies again. It's going to be really great. Um, And I can't wait for that to come out on Netflix. Do you have the release date for this movie? um, Uh, By chance or June? Hold on. Do I still have the release date? I might not have the release date. Either way, we're looking, it sounds like late spring or early summer. So that's just another thing to look forward to. So yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's no, it's it, I want it's June. It's May or June, but it's like shortly after Snyder Cut releases that releases. So it's just like it, I'm just so happy for Zach. That's all. So um, and I guess uh, the Vanity Fair article um, talks about Zach also has a uh, he put a uh, thing for his daughter at the end. Like uh, one of those, like, you know, how like an author will put for this person, that kind of thing in a cover of a book. And Zach did something for his daughter at the end, um, which is awesome, too. So um, why not? It's it's just great. It's just touching. I'm just so happy for him. And I can't wait to see the movie. So this uh, is this is super random. This is kind of a random tangent. But did you ever see the short film Zack Snyder made uh, after leaving the Justice League? He made a short film um, after returning home, just kind of probably honestly a way to cope with his daughter's death. I don't know if you were familiar with this at all, though. No, I did not. Go ahead. Okay, so I can't remember what it's called, but it's this short film um, and it has some very um, dark uh, subject matter. It's not like violent or gory, but it's a very serious, very heavy sort of film. And I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, it's one of those things that I think it's only like. 10 to 15 minutes long. It's very short, but it's something he just did to, uh, you know, I think it was probably a coping mechanism after leaving, uh, justice league. But the, the whole thing about this film is he made it on his iPhone. Like he, he made the whole film and he, the only camera he used was his iPhone. And it is, kind of mind blowing how good this thing looks. And you can, you can find this on YouTube, like it's free online, but it's just visually, it's such a treat to watch. And I just remember what I took away from it was just like, man, he did this with his phone. because <laughs> This looks amazing. So I definitely, if you got the chance, Drew, you should check it out or I might try to have to send you a link, but uh, no, it's, it was just really cool to see and to see kind of what's possible with the, technology we carry in our pocket you know that we take for granted yeah uh the technology we carry in our pocket right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i'm finding i'm using and now that like i have like the dc comics app on my phone i'm using my phone way more often and i'm actually like i've actually been reading a lot of comics actually so um so the the app is working for me i guess um all right we have talked way longer than we normally do you ready to talk about the list yeah, let's go. Which for is it. weird because we're probably going to go through the list really fast tonight because we're not really giving views so. of movies. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, Ryan, it's list time. Uh, do us a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, man, we're back, uh, Peter. So let me see if I can explain this list to everyone if you weren't listening last week so i kind of call this loop day i guess you could say um my idea was take the movie groundhog day 
and be trapped in a time loop. Okay. And then what if that time loop was inside of a movie that we like? So what are the five movie days that you would like to potentially relive over and over and over and over again <laughs> um, yeah. to be caught in a perpetual time loop? Now, I thought that would be a really fun idea. And then I had to make my list. And it is way harder than I thought. And I had a heck of a time. <laughs> putting it together. Um, I don't know it's- about you. But I had a heck of a time putting this together. No, and it's it's very hard, and it's like it's really it's a really weird list to put together because, you know, if I'm like, oh, you know, what's my favorite movies, you know, and I'm like, oh, Evil Dead, like I love the Evil Dead, but I don't really want to take part in anything <laughs> that goes on in that movie sort of thing. And like even when you go right. into Star Wars and like some of the superhero stuff, it's like, well. <laughs> You know, even if you pick a specific date and a lot of these nerdy action movies we all love, it's hard to find one that you'd really want to be stuck in. So I found myself going to really weird places to find these days, but uh, definitely a really interesting just out there concept that I think is definitely going to be fun to talk about. So, right. Well, um, because this was my list, uh, you have to go first. Uh, I don't have any honorable mentions. Um, so I actually, I actually have two, uh, so I can roll through those really quick. Um, so the first, my first honorable mention is back to the future two, And, uh, it's that day that, uh, Marty McFly goes with Doc Brown to the future. Um, which is kind of funny because for us, it would be what, uh, five years or six years in the past at this, point, <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, but what's funny about it is, you know, I don't know about their computer technology, but everything else just was so much more advanced. And I just love I think it would be so much fun to go into the future every day and experience hoverboards and flying cars and just all the cool technology and gadgets and everything they had. Um and uh, this is one that I mean, I mentioned it on our movies about the future episode. This is one that, you know, harkens back to my childhood and really wanting to uh, experience all that stuff. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Drew, or if I should just move into my next pick. Um, I I might have thoughts later. Uh, so <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> on <your next> pick. <laughs> all right. My next pick. This one will probably make me make you laugh. But uh in uh, Mon- Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> there's a part when they debate going to Camelot, and then there's that ridiculous sing-along like montage section. I think it'd be pretty cool to be one of those guys in Camelot <laughs> who's kind of just being a jackass and, you know, tromping around the castle and, you know, dancing on the tables and stuff because they just looked like they had a good time. And I was like, you know, if I was stuck in a day, maybe I could be stuck in that Camelot sequence. I don't think you'd get bored. And it looks pretty fun, honestly, even though they were kind of acting like total idiots at that part. But, uh, yeah, the Camelot sequence in Monty know. Python and the Holy Grail. I don't know if I want to be caught in a Monty Python Camelot sequence. <laughs> but I The do song understand. would get a little annoying. But, but I do understand what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. All right, so what's your first actual pick for the night, then? Okay, the my first actual pick is kind of goofy as well, but it's kind of the last day that takes place in the movie Role Models, um, where they do the oh. giant um, 
the giant uh, LARPing tournament. Uh, the game's called Lair in the movie, but it's uh, when, you know, the main characters form their own nation called Kiss Myantia, and they dress as the members of Kiss, and they join the giant tournament, and uh, they end up winning. You know, they end up usurping the, you know, quote-unquote king from that game. And then afterwards, you know, they just have that huge, you know, like medieval banquet uh bonfire thing and i was just thinking about it i was like if i had to be stuck in a day in a day that would be a pretty cool day to be stuck in and uh thinking about that i i realized i should probably larp because i think it looks really fun but i don't know how to get started doing that but uh no i was just thinking that'd be like a pretty cool day to be stuck inside so you know and i i really wish i would have thought about role models that would completely change my list <laughs> But no, that's that's awesome, and I totally should have thought of it. It's like, damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a that's an awesome pick, man. Because that that's, that's cool. I you, you watch that movie, and it's like you you you, all, you almost want to turn to your friends and be like, let's go do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. So so for the sake of argument, uh, my first one was Back to the Future too. Nice. I hope I didn't spoil something fur- further down your list, but uh, oh, did you have right. the same the same part that you wanted to take part in? Basically, the future area where you basically get to yep. around in this future area and check it out and get to see all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, because of it's a time travel movie, there's the aspect of um, the whole day. You know what I mean? Just being able to do that over and over and over again, like that time loop would be kind of cool. Starting in 1985 and going to 2015 and then back to 1955. And you know what I mean? So um, that whole thing could be cool, but yeah, specifically the future area. So, yeah. Yeah. Great call. Obviously (laughs) that was one of my uh, honorable mentions, but um, in a weird way we matched it. Just, I didn't put it in honorable mention. I just had a hard time putting this together. So um, Yeah. Um, all right. So what's your next one? Yeah, my next one is a little bit vague, but uh, I chose the movie Cool World and I was thinking uh, it was anytime. Deep. Anytime. What's that? This is just mentioning this movie as a deep cut. Um. <laughs> so so this this if you're unfamiliar with Cool World, it's kind of like the adult version of Roger Rabbit, where it's uh it stars Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger and uh a couple other actors that I don't remember the names of, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of, it's, it's definitely a B movie, I would say, but it's kind of that sort of, uh, really ridiculous, uh, adult, like crime comedy that takes place in a cartoon world or it takes place between the real world and this cartoon world. That's, uh, the cartoon world is based on this independent comic book artist from the movie. And, uh, it's very adult because there's a lot of really gross out humor and just a lot of adult humor in it, um, and concepts, but, uh, it's, it's definitely a good time. If you just want a random movie to watch where you want to walk away from thinking like, what the F did I just watch? But also that was kind of cool, I guess. But, uh, basically the, the day that I want to take place in this movie is anytime one of the characters enters cool world, which is this crazy off the wall adult, cartoon world because I always wanted to live in a cartoon world my whole life. And it's just, I'm just jealous of that. And whether you want it to be, you know, if you want to envision me as Brad Pitt's character or the comic book artist or whoever it is, I just want to go in that world. Cause I just think it'd be cool to become a cartoon and be able to get 
to do all this crazy stuff. And uh, I mean, that's really it. I don't know if you have any thoughts about Cool World, Drew, but I um, thought it was a interesting idea. When I saw the movie, that's exactly what I thought is like, I'd love to be able to wander around in this cartoon world that the way it was it, the way it was presented um and the same thing goes for like roger rabbit you know what i mean uh this mm-hmm. is it's just a deep cut movie uh <laughs> so it's just yeah that's just awesome so yeah and and what's funny is like if anybody doesn't know this movie i say brad pitt's in this movie this was very early in his career i don't know if you could expect him to be in a movie like this uh anytime recently but this is just a weird off the wall movie from i don't know if it was mid 90s when it came out it was uh definitely in the 90s i don't know if it was like mid 90s or early 90s but uh um, yeah what's oh. that i'm not sure either i could look it up but that's yeah. it's such a weird off the cuff kind of a thing so absolutely uh, yeah all right so my next pick for the night is going to be hmm, which one should i do first i'll do this one uh dodgeball um <laughs> okay nice specifically specifically day one of the tournament in vegas okay where you have all the teams there all the excitement um, the tournament is getting underway and then there's tons of stuff to do in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like it just and that movie's hilarious. So I just thought to myself, dodgeball tournament in Vegas, like it's just a cool idea to like jump on. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't think of that, but I definitely think that would be a really fun day to be stuck in. Plus, if you are in Vegas and, you know, one of your time loop days, you just want to play hooky from the tournament. There's tons of other cool stuff you could be doing. So, yeah, definitely good. Yeah, call yeah. There. That's the thing. Like the tournament will be the, the tournament will be a lot of fun. But if not, this is, it's Vegas. So like all the stuff you can do. Yeah, know. absolutely. Um, uh, so, yeah, what do you got next? OK, so my next one, this one's a little vague, too, but I chose the movie Galaxy Quest. And uh, I guess I was thinking because thinking of the movie, it's Tim Allen's character who goes to space, like goes on the alien spaceship first. So mm-hmm. probably just that first time he goes on there, but maybe not. Maybe it would be the second time he goes on with the group is the time I would want to relive, because I think. I was really trying to think of a sci-fi movie because I've always wanted to explore outer space and uh, come in contact with alien life. And just that, I mean, we're nerds on the show, so I'm sure it's that those concepts are just fascinating for all of us. And I was trying to think of a movie I would want to do it with, but I thought of Galaxy Quest because that's so... It's so close to the sort of nerdy, like comic and Star Trek convention world we all love. You know, the characters go to conventions in the movie and stuff. And I just think it's like uh, I just thought it was a cool place to go where you you can be a normal person and then end up going enjoying this sort of crazy space war. And uh, thinking of the movie, it's kind of interesting that I mean, it makes sense because I think pretty much all the characters didn't even believe what they were seeing before their eyes at first. But it's kind of funny that it seems like none of them were just kind of like, Oh heck yes, this is awesome. This sort of thing where I feel like if I was in this, that situation, I would be like, okay, this is great. Let's go. Let's do this. You know? So I was just thinking galaxy quest when they first sort of, uh, are brought onto the alien spaceship like that day. Um, I don't know if you have any comments on this one or if you want to move on to The Comic-Con part of it uh, just sounds fantastic because being stuck at a con time loop would be really kind of cool. You, like, uh, <laughs> just, That's true as well. So and there's not many Comic-Con movies out there. So, um, yeah, 
Um, all right. So my next one is hot tub time machine. Um, <laughs> oh, I know exactly where you're and going it's with specific, this. But. And it's specifically, and yes, uh, yes, I, I like skiing and I have this like affinity to watching ski movies and hot tub time machine fits the bill, but specifically they go back in time and have to relive that day to fix the timeline. So that day getting stuck in that time loop yeah, you can go skiing, but with the parties and all the stuff that you got to see in that movie, there's a lot of stuff that happened. That'd be a really cool day to get stuck in because overall, it was a pretty good day. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, there was some weird stuff that happened, but it was a pretty good day. So, yeah, no, I think uh, that one caught me off guard at first, but it's definitely a great call because of uh, there's the ski slope and then just going back and, uh, you know, experiencing all those 80 element, eighties elements and stuff. And, uh, just as soon as you said it, I was just like, Oh no, that makes sense. This is a great call. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it'd be awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, great with Buffalo. Um, all right. So, and if you watch hot time machine, you know why I said great White <laughs> Buffalo. Um, all right, man, what's your uh, number two pick? Like I said, this week kind of goes fast cause we're not reviewing movies. You know what I mean? It's really like, this is why, you know? Um, yeah. So this one, uh, the movie I picked was Chronicle, but uh, it could really be any superhero movie. But I just think this movie did it very relatable where the day. So in this movie, it's about a group of uh, teenage boys who get superpowers. And uh, it kind of if you haven't seen the movie, like it really plays out pretty realistically, I'd say, where none of them decide to fight crime. None of them decide to wear costumes and stuff. They're just kind of like these teenage kids who take advantage of their powers and they use it to play jokes on people and become more popular and stuff. And I feel like a lot of superhero movies have this sort of sequence where once the character kind of learns their powers enough, there's always that sort of montage where they're just having a blast and they're like, uh, you know, flying across the city and doing all these crazy things. And uh, that's kind of the day I was thinking of in Chronicle when they first kind of get a handle of their powers and uh, like they go to the supermarket and they're like playing all these pranks on people because they essentially have telekinesis. So they're making like uh, like there's a part where they make this stuffed animal bear in a store float and kind of like chase this little girl away and they're all cracking up about it and i think that's just uh having that experience especially before any of the negatives of having superpowers start to uh set in having that experience of just having the time of your life with these newfound powers you had that's a day that i want to be stuck in forever if that makes sense so uh yeah yeah, that was my my next pick that's actually a good poll so yeah Yeah. And and like I said, a lot of superhero movies have done this, but just Chronicle is just so when you watch it, it, they do it in such a relatable, realistic way. Um, And just the way they portray telekinesis is it kind of sold me on the power. We're like, yeah, telekinesis is definitely one of the coolest powers to have. So. Right. Um, All right. So my next one for the night is the Lego movie. Um, (laughs) First off. Whether I'm the kid playing with the Legos or I'm a Lego character on the table, that's a good day. Yeah. Like, that just sounds like a lot of fun and excitement and being able to wander around in that Lego world. Like, sorry, the Lego movie, such a like such a cool that movie really that took a lot of risks by the by Warner Brothers and by Lego and to put a movie like that together. Um, and I've praised it in the past. But, yeah, the Lego movie, I don't know if you have anything to add to it, but just. Being able to sit and play with Legos like that all day, awesome. 
if I was a character on the table and I was actually a Lego figure and being able to wander around in that Lego world, awesome. You know what I mean? So that's what I was going to, I was going to ask if you wanted to be the kid playing with Legos or if you wanted to be one of the characters, but I go go both ways. I guess it's how the time loop puts me, you know what I mean? If the time loop makes me the kid playing with a table, great. If the time loop makes me one of the Lego characters, that sounds awesome too. <laughs> it so. would be it would be great to be one of the characters because of how easy it was it was for them to build different vehicles and stuff in that movie. So just the right. ability to grab a bunch of blocks and make a car or a spaceship or an airplane or whatever you want to do. Like I think that's right. really that's a really neat idea now, as, as well. As we talk about these like out of the world bizarre ideas. Remember everybody that. Um, we're not talking science has no concept here at all. It's literally because you, <laughs> you watch Groundhog Day. They do not explain the time loop at all. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, so Lego movie was mine. What's your last pick of the night, man? Uh, yeah. So my last pick, um, I well, the movie I went with is Ready Player One. And uh, I just want to be stuck in a day enjoying the Oasis and uh I mean, it's just like this endless virtual world where you can do anything you want. And there's just so many. I mean, who wouldn't love that? You know, that would be amazing. And uh, I was trying to think of would I want to be stuck at the beginning of the movie or the end. But I think I would I'd rather be stuck at the end in that sort of uh, free the code moment where they took out the people who wanted to fill the game with advertisements and stuff and just have that just really great experience in the sort of free oasis they set up by the end. So you know, uh, yeah, that's- I, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I really, really argued with myself whether to put ready player one on my list. Um, and I thought about it, like which part of the movie would it be the beginning when the, it's just the game as it is, or would it be later when, after he wins, like, you know, what's the best part of that movie to be a part of? Um, and I was like, it's not there's so much to the it's not just one day that I really was like, I just want to be in the Oasis. So I just didn't put it on the list. because yep. I, couldn't, I couldn't really pinpoint down where. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. But it also like you could leave it vague and you could be like, yeah, the first time you see the main character, you know, go into the Oasis and explain what it is like. You could pick that day and it'd be like the same concept, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, um, All right. So my last pick of the night, um, this is where uh, I'm going to go a little bit touching in terms of the fun and exciting stuff is uh, I chose the movie Fanboys. Um, very specifically the end of the movie where they're at Skywalker ranch. Okay. Uh, And not just because they, I mean, yeah, they break into Skywalker ranch, but that is sacred, sacred ground to star Wars fans. Um, that is like the Holy Mecca, just being able to go and visit and that kind of thing. Um, and it's, uh, being able to like when they go into the room with with, like the archives room and you have R2D2 sitting there and like the way they like when Kristen Bell like leans over and she says the Leia line right to the R2D2 statue and you know Hux puts on the Indiana Jones hat like he's scared to put it on for a second he's like oh my god you know like Mm -hmm. it's it's sacred ground it's um it's this amazing experience and then being there with Linus when he gets to see the movie Phantom Menace for the first time 
you have those feels. You have that Star Wars like emotion like hits you right there. Um, and it's not just the Star Wars emotion. It's the this is the thing you love the most emotion kind of thing. Um, so it doesn't matter if the movie's good or bad. If you truly love something, it's you know what I mean. It's it's all of that. And I was like, that's such a it's such a profound way of like putting that when you watch the movie and like to see it. And sometimes it's kind of hard to put into words, too. But when you see it and you get that feeling, you're just like, that's, you know, that's how you would expect it to be. Um, being able to relive those moments would be amazing over and over and over again. Um, so, yeah, yeah eventually, um, eventually it might get stale, but it's just the idea of being able to live that would be amazing. So, yeah, no, that's uh that's a great pick. I did put fanboys on my list because I love that movie. And uh, most of the scenes I would love to take part in, you know, in real life. I just wasn't sure which scene to pin down. Um, when you first started talking, I almost thought you were going to say the very end when they're, uh, you know, attending uh, episode one at opening night and they like yeah. camped outside of the thir- theater and stuff, because that would be a pretty cool day to live over and over as well. And I played with that, too, because we all have those of us who are around had our own Phantom Menace moments like we had our yeah. own, have our own phantom menace story basically for the release of that film <laughs> but now i'm also thinking about uh the movie 50 first dates <clears throat> and thinking about like if you ever have to repeat a day over and over again seeing a movie might not be the best idea because then you get to the point where you just get so sick of that film <laughs> because if you remember in 50 first dates they had to watch uh what was it the sixth sense every day oh, with Bru- yeah. drew barrymore's character right but um, again, if I'm the one stuck in a loop and I don't have any memory of it, like 50 first dates, um, it's the most amazing thing to me every time. <laughs> so um, that's true yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, all right, man. What are we doing next week? OK, so next week it is a big one, um, but I'm really excited about it. We are going to do our top five favorite medieval fantasy films, but we are excluding Lord of the Rings. So, like, we know that easily three of those, you know, three of those picks or more could be Lord of the Rings. We're going to exclude those and we're just going to go to our top five favorite medieval fantasy films. Right. Um, that sounds awesome. Um, and I'm glad <laughs> you, and I'm, no, that sounds fantastic. And I'm kind of glad you put. Um, uh, I'm glad you put in the excluding Lord of the Rings because you're literally walking into it going, well, technically five of those are going to be Lord of the Rings movies. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, cause are you excluding the Hobbit as well? Yeah. Yeah. I I'd say so. Just the, the sort of Peter Jackson live action Lord of the Rings universe. I'd say, yeah. Um, if you want to do like the Ralph Bakshi Hobbit animated film, you know, go for it. But yeah, the, the live action Lord of the Rings will exclude for this one. Perfect. Um, no, that sounds awesome. Um, do you have anything to add to that before we close this sucker out? No, it's just it's kind of crazy. We haven't done this list yet, but I think it's going to be a really good time. So it is crazy that we haven't done this list yet. Uh, <laughs> so awesome. Um, all right. That's another episode in the can. So, Peter, let's close this out tonight. Um, do us all a favor, everyone. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show on our email or hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us at those places. And if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Uh, you can also leave us a review uh, because 
we love those five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where you won't find any of my current thoughts because of this damn time loop that I'm stuck in. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, everybody. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.